Hi, my name is Lawrence, and today we're starting a new mini-series called Uncomfortable. Have you ever felt uncomfortable before? Well, this guy has. I heard about this elderly lady. She came into church one Sunday morning. A friendly usher greeted her. Ma'am, where would you like to sit? She said, well, I'd like to sit on the very front row. Oh, no, 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 ma'am, you don't want to do that. Our pastor is very boring. He'll put you to sleep. Let me seat you somewhere else. Well, she was appalled. And she said, sir, do you know who I am? He said, no, I don't. She said, I'm the pastor's mother. He hung his head in embarrassment. Finally, he looked up and said, ma'am, do you know who I am? She said, no, I don't. He said, thank God. And then he took off. <laughs> How's that for an uncomfortable situation? Well, I want to talk to you about uncomfortable issues. Let's read Mark chapter 8 together. Beginning at verse 34. Then Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. Issues of God and the issues of men. Boy, they're real, and they differ radically. There's at least five issues seen in this passage of Scripture. Number one is discipleship, indulging versus denying. Jesus was very pointed. A person has to make a choice between what he or she will love. Ready? Comfort or commitment. Recognition or humility. Position or or service, indulgence, or self-control. The question is, well, how does a person go about making the right choice? Jesus answered, and he, he answered this way, a man must will to come after him. What? The choice is voluntary. It's not forced on anyone. Come to me, Jesus said. A man must deny himself. What is that? Forsake, renounce, do without. Ooh, very simply it means say no. But the call, listen, isn't just to say no to some behavior or thing. So many people do that. But it's saying no to self. Yeah, a person is called to deny self. How? Number three, a man must take up his cross. What's that? Well, people in Jesus' day knew what it meant to take up a cross. They saw scores of criminals carry a cross to the place where they themselves were to be executed. The issue here 
is to let the mind of Christ, what? Who humbled himself to the point of death also be in us and fill our thoughts every day. Indulge or deny, that's the issue, right? How does one make that, uh, make the right choice? A man must follow Christ. What does that mean? Seek to be like him. Again, it's not passive behavior, but it's an active commitment and walk. It's energy, effort, action, work. It's going after Christ with zeal to follow in his footsteps no matter the cost. This is the issue of discipleship. Next is the issue of life, saving versus losing it. Jesus made a very surprising statement. He made many, didn't he? Listen to this. If a man wished to save his life, he's got to lose it. What in the world does that mean? The person who abandons this life, sacrifices, gives all that he is and has for Christ, will save it. But the person who keeps his life, what he has, seeks more and more of this life, shall lose his life completely and eternally. Oh my goodness, that's huge. Proverbs 10 says, Riches gotten by doing wrong have no value, but right living will save you from death. Next is the issue of value. Gaining the world versus saving the soul. Once a person or once a life is born into this world, listen to this, that life will exist forever. The human soul is eternal, never dies, never ceases to exist. It will live forever. That's you. It's just a matter of where you're going to go, where I'm going to go after life in this world is over. Will it be with God or apart from him? Friend, all pleasure and wealth and power and fame are nothing compared with your soul. Did you hear that? And thinking of the fullness and duration of this wonderful life, a guy named W.B. Hinson spoke from his own experience about this just before he died. He said, I remember a year ago when a doctor told me, hey, you got an illness, you're not going to recover. I walked out to where I lived, five miles from Portland, Oregon. I looked across at that mountain that I love. And then I looked at the beautiful river in which I rejoiced so many times. And I looked at the stately trees that were always God's own poetry to my very soul. Then in the evening, I looked up into the great sky where God was lighting his lamps. And I said, I may not see you any more times, but mountain, I'm going to be alive when you're gone. And river, I'm going to be alive when you cease running toward the sea. And stars, I'm going to be alive when you've fallen from your sockets in the great downpulling of the material universe. Wow. The book of John 12 says, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Wow, the next issue of Jesus, ashamed versus confessing. Jesus is the Messiah. He and his words determine a man's destiny. A man can be ashamed of Christ. And you know what? Some men are just that. Some fear what others are going to say and what they do say. 
Some fear being ridiculed, talked about, questioned, avoided. And so what do they do? They deny Christ. This world that we live in makes it very difficult to confess Jesus Christ. Why? Because few want to follow the true and living God. The denial of self and giving of all. It's just too high a price for so many people. Most, the Bible says, are actually unwilling to give all that they are and all that they have to God and the demanding love that the needs of this desperate world require. That's huge. Friend, this is very challenging to me. I need you to know that even as I'm speaking to you right now. The day of Jesus' glory is coming. What? That's right. He is coming again one day. And it's going to be a day when all will see him as he really is. And what is that? The true Messiah, the son of the living God. I want you to know the day of judgment is also coming. And the Bible says that everyone who's ashamed of this Messiah, Jesus, in this world will be ashamed of their selfish behavior when it really counts. When's that? When we stand before God himself. Christ is going to be ashamed of that person and all the selfish life that that person has lived. And then the ashamed person is going to hear those faithful and terrifying words. Ouch, I never knew you. Depart from me. Wow, that's an issue. Here's the fifth issue in the passage. It's the issue of death. What? Tasting death versus seeing God's kingdom. This is the last verse. It's chapter 9, verse 1. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here won't taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has actually come with power. This has always messed with my mind. So here's the deal. Here's what it means. It's not a reference to the Lord's second coming. The disciples died before Jesus returned, so it couldn't be. More than likely, and I think it means this, it refers to the Lord's victory over death and hell, which did take place when Jesus died on the cross and, and then he didn't stay in the ground. He resurrected from the dead. It refers to the rule and reign of God's kingdom that takes place within the heart of people like you and me. To the rule and reign of the Holy Spirit, praise God, who comes to take residence and live within that person who trusts in Jesus, who calls on his name unashamedly. A person either tastes death or sees the kingdom of God with power. And many walk in death, but praise God, some, in fact, can I say many, experience the saving power of God's kingdom. Is that you? It's me. Hear God's word. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit what, who's now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us, that's me too. We used to live among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature oh, deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ, seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Why? In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace 
expressed in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Oh, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Clearview Township, do you receive the word today? I trust that you do. A businessman, well known for his ruthlessness, once announced to writer Mark Twain, before I die, I mean to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. I'm gonna climb Mount Sinai, and I'm gonna read the Ten Commandments aloud at the very top. I have a better idea, replied Twain. Why don't you just stay in Boston and keep them? Well, friends, why don't you take this time to keep them? What? Why don't you receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life? It's very easy for you to make that happen from your heart. Just pray this simple prayer to God with me like this. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I turn away from my sin. Come into my life. I make you my Lord and Savior. Amen. I'm telling you, friends, those who prayed that prayer, I know on the authority of God's word that God heard you, he forgave you. The Bible says you've been born again. Go ahead and tell someone at Clearview Community Church. Let us help you with your next steps and your incredible journey with Jesus. I want to pronounce a benediction, a blessing over you. It's from the Bible. It's Numbers chapter 6. Are you ready for it? Do something to receive this. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor, his favor and give you his peace. God bless you, friends. Thanks for watching. Have a great week.